Welcome to the Chronic Spoonful podcast, where we discuss real life with real chronic illness. Each week, we'll cover an aspect of real life spoony living and what that can mean for different chronic illnesses. We hope this will be a place you can go for updated spoony info and where you'll find humor because, you know, we're a little crazy, important information, and community. As a disclaimer, we just want to remind you that, yes, we'll be talking about chronic illness and health information, but we are not your doctor. Everyone's chronic illness is different, and we are absolutely not MDs, so we are not qualified to give you medical advice. We're going to tell you unequivocally to discuss anything we talk about on this podcast with your doctor. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Um, Now that we've gone through all our disclaimers, like always, let's talk about what's new and noteworthy this week. We hope you all had a great week. We all hope you stay, well, we speaking so well today. We hope you all stayed COVID free um, and we'd like you to share hopefully your COVID free existence with us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell us how your week has been, share some comments on our Facebook page or any of our social media. Cause you know, we exist on all social media. It's lovely. So guess what, guys? Guess what? Guess what, Nicole? Guess what? Guess what? Oh, I can only imagine. It's our 25th episode. Yay! This is so exciting. We can't believe it. Oh my gosh. Mascots are so excited that they're laying on their pillow snoring. They are so excited they passed out. Yep. That's it. Wow. Yep. Yep. Super party. Super party over here. Woo-hoo, party! Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're they're doing what I'm gonna do after we finish recording the podcast. Girl, <laughs> I get it. Yes. Hopefully, me too. The spoony life. How do you guys celebrate? We nap. That, that's <laughs> our life. <laughs> but it is. It's our 25th episode. It's awesome. Yes. Very exciting. Um, on the not so side of awesome, because you know. What, what would we do? We celebrate and then we bring ourselves down. <laughs> COVID, you guys. Yes. It's not a great week for COVID. No. Let me just say it. I, I do not know what is wrong with Americans. You guys, I know you guys know because you listen to us because I'm sure by now people who aren't getting vaccinated are probably like, these girls are crazy and we hate them because all they do is yell at us for not being vaccinated. But I'm only talking to people who can get vaccinated. I know some of you out there can't get vaccinated. This message is not for you. I don't know what's wrong with people who can get vaccinated and aren't getting vaccinated because seriously, medical systems are now collapsing. There's no pediatric ICU beds in Austin, Texas. They're having to like medevac and helicopter out children because they have no ICU beds for them. Same with Mississippi. In, in Mississippi, there's like no ICU beds. For None. Um, that system is on the verge of actual collapse. Within four to five days, I said. Whole, the whole medical system, I'm probably shouting into my microphone right now because it's like freaking me out so much. But honest to goodness, I can't understand it. I can't. I can't. I don't get it. Can't like, get vaccinated. Just get vaccinated. Like this is... This is designed to save lives and not just save lives from COVID, like to save lives. There are people having heart attacks and strokes and and are getting in car accidents. And losing their sight and losing their hearing, losing their equilibrium. 
No, I mean like people getting actually oh, injured yeah. and having heart attacks and strokes that can't get into an ICU, they can't get medical care when they get taken to a hospital because there's so many COVID patients mm-hmm. that like they're dying because they can't get care. That's right. This goes beyond just COVID itself. Expected it mothers. Everything. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. There are people that are being taken to hospitals that are getting turned away. They are. They're, and they're in they're active labor. Babies, and they're in active labor. They're like, oh, we can't. You just need to go home and have your baby. What? Yep. And you better hope nothing goes wrong. And I don't think that people really realize cool. that honestly, when a hospital system collapses, when a healthcare system collapses, there is no help for you. No matter what condition you have, no matter what happens to your children, a child you're bringing into the world, your family, a, an accident, I don't, a drowning, I don't care what happens, there is no care for you. There are no extra nurses, there are no extra doctors, there are no extra respiratory therapists, x-ray technicians, paramedics, Dallas ran out of ambulances, okay, there's no ambulances. Dallas, one of the largest hospital providers in the city, uh, in the city of Dallas, but the state of Texas is down 500 nurses. That should terrify us all. You guys, I'm going to I'm going to recommend everybody watch a movie. Or not a movie. It's a show. It's on Netflix. It's called Sweet Tooth. It was filmed before COVID, FYI. This is really weird. And it's all about a virus and it shows it actually shows the collapse of the medical system. I didn't know that. I've never seen that. Well, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, it, what ends up happening is nature kind of figures out a way to kind of fix things. And women start having these babies that are animal human hybrids. Mm. And it's a very sweet show. It's like it's scary and it's sweet and it's all these things, but it's not, it's not like just about the disease. Like it's, but it's about the disease and it, it kind of shows this it's showing everything. It's showing the world what happens and and all this stuff. But like part of it is the collapse of a medical system because no one knows what to do with this disease. Everybody is overrun with this disease and it kills millions of people. Mm -hmm. Watch contagion too. That's a good one. It shows how hideous people are to one another. It shows how people, you know, how like the, the government doesn't know how to handle this very well. you guys, it's, it's amazing. And it's done in like this very tasteful kind of way. It's not, it's not like, uh, what are those movies? Like outbreak or contagion. It's not like those. Those are important too, though. They really are. But it's like for people like me that can't watch them because they scare me half to death. (laughs) It's not like that. (laughs) Cause it's really all focused on this little boy called sweet tooth. He's really cute. You guys, but it does kind of show that in a way that makes you realize like, yeah, the vaccine's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think people need to start watching shows that scare them because let me tell you when the healthcare system starts collapsing in a lot of places, you're screwed. We are, no, we're already kind of screwed. Oh, we are, but it's not to the level yet of where it can be. And people don't think it's going to get worse. And it is. It's going to get worse. We've already done this with climate change. Let's not do it with this too. We're trying And now the CDC is recommending that certain high-risk patients get a third dose of the vaccine, which would mean people with HIV, cancer, transplant patients. Right now, that's who's up right now. Right, get a third dose. And then they're going to soon after that recommend more people with autoimmune conditions uh, probably get another dose. 
So stay tuned for who else they're going to recommend. Yes. At some point it will be immunosuppressed people, stuff like that. People with chronic illness in general. Right. So they're, they're pretty much going to start rolling this out Mm -hmm. uh, with the the schedule. Um, They they've released the first schedule for the transplant HIV and cancer. And they're going to keep rolling this out as we go along, but these booster shots hopefully will start helping people, you know, boost their immune systems a little bit more against at least the Delta variant. And then we'll see what happens with the other variants that are coming. It's so discouraging. We're so full of positive news right now. Let's just go back to episode 25. Yeah, right? (laughs) How about it? (laughs) Guys, just like, I mean, look, it's getting to where, you know, we're we're getting to where it's kind of like, I I don't know, you're going to have to have a vaccine to go places and do things, at least in some states. In California, I know that there's a lot of places that won't let you in without a vaccine card, proof of vaccine. Um, A lot of private businesses are like, nope, you have to be vaccinated to come in here. I know like California is making it mandatory that all medical personnel be vaccinated. Chicago too. Um, And there are probably... And, and I think some school districts are making it mandatory yep. now. Here, here, all our teachers have to be vaccinated by October or something. Yeah, I think here too. Okay. And it's, it's, it's spreading to where, you know, it's, it's spreading to a lot of private businesses. They're saying all employees need to be vaccinated. They're saying, you know, businesses are saying you can't eat here. You can't come into my place of business without showing proof of vaccine, um, like to even shop. They're saying that. And some states are considering making it a mandate. Yep. That outside, the ins- of, they are. outside of um, like a grocery store, you can't go in anywhere to, you can't go into any business. No. Nope. Without proof of vaccine. And the insurance companies right now are saying they want to push for all insurance companies will not pay for any of the medical expenses you incur if you get admitted, which I can tell you right now is millions and millions and millions of dollars. Most COVID patients that are severe. Yep. If you are in the hospital with COVID, the average COVID patient is in the hospital longer than a month. Okay. If you have a severe case. So it's millions and millions of dollars. And A lot of people, they can put a lien against your property for unpaid medical bills. I mean, this is some serious stuff. Yeah. They're saying they want to, they, they want to increase, they don't want to pay your medical bills if you've gotten COVID because you haven't been vaccinated if you could have been vaccinated. That's right. The vaccinated people, they're not saying this for. They're talking about strictly unvaccinated people who just chose to, to wing it. Right. Now, this is not for people who could not get, who no. had a medical reason to not get vaccinated. No, it's only so, people who chose and are able to. Correct. So like, I, I know that might free, like some of you who aren't vaccinated, who have like an, a, a, a medical reason for not being vaccinated, don't freak out. That's nope, not you're you. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it, and I understand that. That's millions I do of too. dollars that they're having yes. out. Yes. When someone could have very reasonably been vaccinated. And as much as I, I have my disagreements with insurance companies and I have plenty of them, I, that's, that to me is, is a valid business choice. I agree. I wouldn't I'm want to pay totally out millions of dollars because someone wants to be ignorant. And then everybody else's premiums go up because they're trying to cover for what they're not going to get back from these other patients. I'm no, it's not fair. I don't need to be paying your for no. Your 
to do that. No, this is one of those times where it's, it's time for people to get, to get vaccinated. And, and you guys, I'm, I'm very big on like, I'm fine to pay more in taxes to get people educated and to pay for people who can't pay for their medical bills and all that stuff. And like, I'm all for like social justice stuff, but these are people being willfully ignorant Mm -hmm. about public health. And I am not for that. So, because they're making a lot of other people sick, you know, and, and pretty soon we're going to have to start choosing, like, it's going to get to a point where people are going to have to start making choices. And we're going to get into now, like our topic for the people are going to have to make choices about where they're living because of state policy, you know, Mm -hmm. state and local policies, Mm -hmm. because we're having a lot of fights you know, politicians now are politicizing this disease and not looking out for public health. And now people are having questions about where, where do I want to live because I don't like certain policies that are being enacted. Yeah. So there are people here in California who are fighting mask mandates, who are fighting um, vaccine mandates. And, you know, someone got stabbed over this the other day, yesterday. Because people were out protesting this stuff. It was a Proud Boys issue. Of course. That's a whole other issue. And Mm. not not our podcast. Um, Mm -mm. Not our podcast topic. Mm -mm. But we have these these situations where, you know, California has has much stricter regulations. And then you have somewhere like Florida that is like no mask mandates, no vaccination mandates. And so some people who don't want those mandates are like, maybe I'll go live in Florida. And that's just COVID. Like that's just COVID where people are considering moving. So when we're, but does that make it necessarily the best place for you to live? Right. Is, is that a, is, is that a valid decision to move somewhere? Especially when you have a chronic illness. Because is COVID going to be this strong a topic forever? God, I hope not. (laughs) But, you know, you look on the internet and there's all these lists of best places to live for people with chronic illness. And now, mind you, the most recent one I found was written in like January 2020. (laughs) We really hadn't gotten into the deep of, of COVID um, it had kind of just started. So, which actually I kind of like, because I think when we look at things now, we do everything through this lens of COVID panic that can get kind of, it can kind of skew a lot of things about the way we, we look at where we're living, but there's more, there's more to choosing where you're going to live than just COVID, right? You, you got to think about your cost of living. You got to think about your access to healthcare. You have to think about, transportation yeah how you're gonna live yeah your your total overall quality of life you got to look at the bigger picture and yes covid does play into it right now but 20 years from now it might you might look back and you're gonna be like i made that decision just based on covid that might not have been my best decision you know i look at these lists and they they all kind of have the same ideas where you choose to live is still i think a very individual idea. Like most of them have Hawaii at the, almost the top of the list on almost all of these lists. Now I'm going to say, if you're living in Hawaii and you have a chronic illness, I'm a little jealous of you only because it's like one of my dream vacations and I haven't ever been there. 
but I do love the beach and the beach has always been a good place for my body. I do encourage everybody who ever wants to go to Hawaii to take a really close look at Hawaii because I'm also a social justice warrior. So before you go to Hawaii, do take a look at all the social issues that are going on there. And there are some things happening, like they divert water and electricity to local hotels and take it away from the local people who are actually living on the island because, you know, the tourists have to have it. Very uncool. Yeah, very. There, there's just some things going on. And like things are getting more expensive in Hawaii because people from the mainland are moving there and driving up housing prices. So people who've lived there forever can't actually afford to live there anymore. So there, there's some, there's some issues going on. And also that also might mean that people with chronic illnesses can't afford to live there either. Mm-hmm. So weather might be like, oh, that's great. You know, the, the weather's pretty stable and it's a small Island. So I can kind of get around easily and, um, it's kind of a more relaxed environment. So my quality of life might be okay, but the economics of it might not be. Right. And also they don't necessarily have, if you have certain conditions, your access to some of the top doctors is going to be limited. Mm -hmm. Um, Also like the prices on their food and the prices on some of their goods are a little more expensive. A lot more. Because it all has to be transported there. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you look at these lists, you're like, oh, that's great. But I think all they really considered was the fact that it's got a beach and nice weather. This could be true. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing against Hawaii. No, I'd love to go to Hawaii right now. I mean, really, if you live in Hawaii, I am so down to visit you. Sign me up for a couple good social justice protests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'll hold up a sign for as long as my like weak little arms can handle it before they come. <laughs> me too. But, uh, but bring me a chair. Oh yeah. I could hold it longer with a chair. I can sit on my lap. Cause also like my pots doesn't allow me to stand up for that long. <laughs> I will sit in a chair and hold a very big sign. I'm sorry guys. I'm the worst protester known to man. <laughs> Be like, who's that girl who fainted at the protest? Oh, she was visiting from the mainland. Don't worry about her. (laughs) So that's like, you know, so when you look at the list, you have to look at the big picture versus your small picture. And I think that's kind of the thing. So like, you know, when we talk about, you know, like Nicole, with your lupus, access to healthcare is really important. Very. So when I say, you know, say you decide one day you're going to move away from Chicago, Mm -hmm. which has like amazing healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, access to amazing doctors and top hospitals, mm-hmm. you're limited on where you would go. Very. Right. Like you're not going to move to the middle of Idaho. I couldn't move anywhere down South. Um, I couldn't live anywhere. Like I could live in New York, Maryland, California, uh, Chicago, Seattle. <laughs> there was like eight places. I, and when I looked into it once um, for the hot, the best hospitals for lupus patients that have the most research or a lupus center, like John Hopkins has an individual center, the center for lupus, you know, like it's an individual part and it's, it's world renowned. It's amazing. So that would be cool to live, you know, there and the climate's nice. I mean, I could tolerate all that. Um, but I, I have to be very careful. I'm very, very heat sensitive. 
you know, is, and I would love to live in like Colorado or, or, or Portland or um, California, or, you know, I would love to live in one of those places, but I've got to be very careful with the weather because if it's 95 degrees, you know, all year round, I can't handle that. My body flares so bad. So like Phoenix is not going to be a place, but never be an option. No, but it's always like at the top of a list for, for best places to live for people mm-hmm. with illness. Mm-hmm. So this is why I say it's really important to like, when you're talking about best places to live, or you're talking about moving somewhere to, for it to be better with your chronic illness, you have to look at your own body and really take a, really take a look at where you want to go, which is like, you know, when you're looking for jobs and you, you decide you want to move or relocate for a job, you, you have to be careful when you have a chronic illness about your relocation options. Yeah. It's, it's not as simple like everything else. It's not as simple for us. Mm-mm. Oh, you know who else has some pretty good healthcare though is Texas. But again, it's so hot. I couldn't do it. In parts of Texas. Not yeah. all parts of Texas are super hot. And um, the parts I could go for medical care are hot. <laughs> That's, and that's, for me, it's, it's about, um, you know, heat is one thing, like I get triggered by heat, but what can really trigger me is going from hot to cold to hot to cold. So I lived in Phoenix and I got used to this dry heat. Cause it's, it's a fair, like, I know I'm going to say it and people in, in, just love to hear you say it's a dry heat. It's yes. fine. And honestly, 95 degrees in Phoenix is not terrible. You sit in the shade, you get a breeze and and it's like, okay, am I supposed to be bothered by this? And I say this and I'm very heat sensitive, right? But I'm telling you 95 degrees in Phoenix is not terrible. As long as you're in the shade, the sun is a whole different conversation. Mm -hmm. As long as you're in the shade, you're fine. However, when you start going from the hot to the air condition, to the hot, to the air condition, I'm going to guarantee, I, I guarantee myself a blazing migraine. Right. And cause I'm very prone to migraines. So that's how I started getting those. Or if I got, would get overheated in the sun and that sun is brutal, brutal. And I'm not talking about like the sun beating down on me, just like getting me hot, but just that brightness of the sun, I might be giving my headache myself a headache just thinking about it. So I had to find ways to get around that. Uh, If you have breathing issues like cystic fibrosis or something like that, Phoenix is an area that is extremely dusty. There Mm -hmm. is never a time that there is not dust in the air. You don't even notice how dusty that air is. You get so used to it. And there is, there's always dust in the air. So there are just certain things like you might not even know until a native tells you these things because like, I didn't know how dusty Arizona was. I had no idea. And I actually didn't know until I moved to California. I went to, I I think, or like, no, I was living in Arizona a while and I bought a white shirt and I put it with my other white shirts. My white shirts that I had had in Arizona for a little while were uh, this like rusty brown (laughs) shade wow. of white. Wow. And the white shirt was white. That's a lot of dust. I thought the other shirts were white, but they weren't. And I'd been bleaching them, but I could not get that rusty brown white out of those shirts. They were Arizona white. They were Arizona white. Yeah. 
And like I moved and all my stuff had like just a film of dust, mm. everything. You had to dust everything all the time, all, all, all the time. Wow. So yeah, I, no one tells you this stuff about Arizona. And I loved living in Arizona, guys. Like it's, it's great. It's building up so much around Phoenix. I, I like, as far as like access to healthcare, there's good doctors there. There's good quality of life. They're building up their transportation infrastructure economically so cheap so cheap to live there but you've got to be prepared for some of these things if you are heat sensitive or you have breathing problems you better or you have like severe dry eye Sjogren's people that's that was a big problem for me that's that's the first time I had eye plugs put in because it was so dry there that my already dry eyes were even worse Mm -hmm. and so I had tear duct plugs put in Again, these lists, you know, California, super expensive, super expensive, but beautiful, beautiful place to live. Like I couldn't live up in Seattle because I would be depressed all the time. You have to consider like another big thing people don't think about when they move somewhere is barometric pressure. Mm -hmm. We touched on it with Chicago, places that get a lot of rain and storms and um, changes in their weather patterns have with a lot of barometric pressure changes. What we're talking about barometric pressure is it's air pressure in the atmosphere. And it's, it's like the, the amount of weight of air molecules on earth, on the earth, which is always happening. There's, there's always an amount of pressure on the earth and that changes with weather patterns. And with some people that impacts migraine, it triggers Mm -hmm. migraines, it can trigger inflammation, it can trigger arthritis attacks, well, you know, all kinds of different reactions we can have to it. It's a really good thing to track. I don't think a lot of people necessarily track it Mm -mm. with their symptoms. They don't even know to track it. You guys, you should, you should try to track it sometimes with your symptoms, especially if you don't know where your symptoms might be coming from. Oh yeah. Because, um, I don't know that a lot of doctors talk about it, but a lot of people have found that barometric pressure is a trigger just because they've talked to another patient and they're like, oh, I didn't know that could be something. Yeah. I try to make plans around the rain because for me, whenever we have a storm, like a rainstorm here, I get an instant migraine. So I know like if it's going to be a rainy night and it's, we're having a storm forecast, I don't make plans for nights like that. I just can't. Um, But the barometric pressure here does definitely affect me. I love living here, but it does definitely affect me. And it can fluctuate in a single day several times. Mm, yeah, it definitely can. It was really fun for my migraines living in Chicago. I yeah. was on heavy doses of migraine medication when I lived there. When I lived in Phoenix, I was not. I actually went off my migraine medication in Phoenix. So there you guys go. People with migraines. That's- to look into Arizona. Maybe. No, it's just, it's something to look at. It can be, it can be an issue, you guys. It's, but you know, these are places we know. There are other places besides Chicago and Phoenix and LA and San Francisco and, and, you know, Seattle and Portland and those places, which by the way, climate change is happening. So things also are changing in these areas. Look at Portland right now. I've never heard of Portland having so many days of over a hundred degree temperatures. I know it's crazy. I, I that's, I, I don't ever remember this. Mm-mm. This is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It is, it's nuts. 
climate change is something. So you guys pay attention to that too, because some of these, some of these studies on these cities are, are using older data um, on climates and, and weather patterns that have been changing just in the past couple of years. So this is another thing to consider when you're thinking about like West Coast living. And I don't even just mean California, I mean West Coast, Arizona, California, um, Washington State, mm -hmm. Oregon. Mm -hmm. We get a lot of fires. Yeah, you do. We get a lot of fires and that causes a lot of breathing issues for people. So again, if you have asthma, cystic fibrosis, anything that affects the lungs, COPD, those times of years, especially fire seasons are horrible. They are. They're brutal on people with those conditions. Yes. I mean, I, we have like, if we have a small fire in the area, I have to close all the windows. I start coughing, which is super fun with COVID. <laughs> you go to the grocery store and you're like, doesn't have a mask on and like, I, because like, I have really bad, like post-nasal drip and I, I cough once in a while anyway. Everyone but, runs from Kelly. You add in the smoke and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> and people are like, I'm staying 72 feet away from this girl. They start running to different aisles. <laughs> we do, we have, we have, um, we, we just have fires that can, can cause like worse dry eye problems, worse mm -hmm. lung problems. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's a lot of the West coast. Yeah. Um, and it's getting drier. Mm -hmm. we have, we're in a really big drought, climate change. Hello. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go to the South, the South for me, nightmare when you talk about humidity. Oh my, that's what I'm telling you. It's so, it's so hot and it's so humid. You know, one of the, one of the, when I was looking through the list and I've looked out uh, the past couple of years, they were listing, um, Asheville, North Carolina is one of the top places to live. It's, I have, I have a couple of friends there. It's supposed to be amazing. Um, they have all these wonderful things, but you have to remember, I mean, Asheville is surrounded by mountains, so you don't have the humidity issue there, but North Carolina is humid mm -hmm. <laughs> and it can get really hot. So you have to think of things like that too. It's a beautiful place to be, but could you handle the high? I mean, and it's the cost of living is wonderful. There's yeah. so many wonderful things about living there, but you know what though? If you're somebody like me who can't even tolerate anything above 75, I mean, that probably isn't the place you want to be. Exactly. Exactly. And then you also, you have to think about some of these places and transportation infrastructure, LA. People have cars. LA is a car city. San Francisco has got a great transportation infrastructure. Chicago's got a great transportation mm -hmm. infrastructure. Um, New York, wonderful transportation yeah. infrastructure. But like a lot of these cities on these great places to live don't. You'd have to have a car. Yeah. Some of the bigger cities have Lyfts, Uber, Lyft, you know, Uber. But a lot of smaller places don't have as much access to those, those ride-sharing services. So you really have to kind of look at it at what they have. You have to do a lot of research before you're going to move somewhere to see if they have the services you need. And that's anything like if you're going to need Section 8, you need to call the county. And every county is different, you guys. You need to know the county you're going to move to. If you're going to need services from the county, you got to call the county you, you want to move to and find out what the residency requirements they are. Or, sorry, what residency requirements they have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nicole, I think you need to take over speaking responsibility. Right now. <laughs> um, and um, 
you know, what they offer. Yeah. Cause some states don't allow you to be put on a list if you're an out of state resident, but some states do like LA County does, but you have to, you have to realize there's a big weight, you know? So, cause there's a lot of people in LA who need housing. So, you know, you have to ask them, how long are your wait times? What information do I have to give you? Yeah. Do I have to fly there to apply? That's also true. You might have to apply in person. There, there's a lot you there, there's a lot that goes into if you need um, any type of subsidy or assistance, you you need to prepare ahead of time. And again, at county to county will differ. So that's also important to consider. So while yes, they may be high up on a quality you know list for best city, they may not be able to offer you what you in particular need. So that that's why like these these lists are again these lists are generalities. They aren't they aren't necessarily detailed. Like I, I was telling Nicole when we were first looking at this, I'm like, well that's great that Huntington Beach is, you know, ranked number four on this one list that we're looking at. Um, but right now they are they are fighting COVID restrictions tooth and nail. There are protests in their street all the time. They don't want to follow COVID restrictions at all. Like people are having a really hard time in Huntington Beach. They, they just don't want to follow COVID restrictions. So if you're someone really sensitive to COVID and you're considering moving to Huntington Beach today, might not be your best option. Now, let me tell you, Huntington Beach is a beautiful place to live. Definitely. I would love to live there in an instance, just not right now while COVID is happening. Yeah. Just not at the moment. Um, I have friends who live in Huntington Beach. They're wonderful. I can't, I, I don't want to live in a place where people aren't following COVID restrictions at the moment. Neither do I. Also, I can't afford to live in Huntington. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I can't afford to do it. Um, but I wish I could. Just saying. Uh, you know, it really is a beautiful city. And um, and I love my friends and my second family that lives there. Yeah, it's, it, it is super expensive to live in Huntington Beach. But let me tell you, the beaches there are beautiful. Yeah, they are. I love Huntington Beach. But I, I right now with, with everyone there fighting these COVID mm-hmm. restrictions, I, I don't want to be there. No. So that's, that's the other thing. Timing is also something with yeah. these lists. Timing is a really big deal. The other thing to look for is like, what are your restrictions? So I was also telling Nicole, like, quality of life is really important yes. when you do a city. You know, so I'm someone who doesn't eat a lot of meat, right? Now, this is me saying this. I grew up in the Chicago area, so I'm going to throw Chicago under the bus a little bit (laughs) with this one. I am someone who doesn't eat a lot of meat. Meat bothers my digestive system quite a bit. Fish is the exception. I can eat fish. So I would call myself more of a pescatarian uh, who sometimes eats a little bit of chicken. I love living in California because there are a ton of vegetarian options out here. So it's really good for me food wise. When I go back to Chicago, it's getting better. It's getting a lot better. 
Yeah. yeah. When I used to go back to the Chicago area, I would ask, we would go out to dinner and I would ask, what are your vegetarian options? And people would look at me cross-eyed and like, I grew seven horns out of my head. They'd be like, uh, we have a garden salad. Oh, but it has bacon on it. <laughs> I, it was so hard for me to find anything to eat on any menu because Chicago is a meat heavy city. Yeah, it is. It is a meat meat. And now mind you, it's where the stockyards were. It's where meat went in and out. You guys, it's always been meat heavy because it's where meat came from. Like Texas, it's where a lot of meat comes from. Yeah. It's meat heavy. Yeah. Right. It's it's in its blood. It's in its history. It's there. But they're 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 slowly getting better. But people eat meat heavy. It's like my, in my big fat Greek wedding when he's like, I'm a vegetarian. She's like, oh no worries, we have lamb. Yeah. <laughs> Felt like that going back. And so you have to consider that you may not be able to get some of the foods that you that work for your body in your new place of residence. Or you may not be able to get products or supplies that work for you in your new place of residence. It's not just about food. It's also supplies. Medical supply stores may not be, they may be in short supply where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. They may not. So you've got to plan for those things too. Yeah. And see what things you can get off of Amazon. Are they available on Amazon Mm -hmm. or something like that so that you could order them if you couldn't just access them to a, through a store. Correct. So these are also things. This is why I say like, it's, it's not just looking for places that have ramps or places or like, do they have a, you know, an, an L or a subway system or that it's, it's, it's a little bit more research than that. Um, or do they have affordable housing or can I even buy, like, I can afford this much. Can I buy a house there? In a, in a good, in a, in a safe environment, you know, right. can I, can I afford something in a safe environment that that's not like falling apart? Right. You know, would they have good schools for my child who has mm-hmm. my same chronic illness? Would yeah. they have different things? So there, there's, there's a lot, it, it, there's a lot more that we have to consider for ourselves when it goes into this stuff. Yeah. If you have children, you want to look into programming. If you have a special needs child, you know, how does that city or state, I mean, what is their regulations on programming? I have a friend whose daughter um, has eye issues and it's, she has to have, you know, a guide and, you know, have, have classes for that and different things. And that's very important where she is, they have that, but not every place has the money for those type of resources. Exactly. And that's, that's part of it too, is looking for places that have the money for the resources you need or that you might need. So that's the other part of it too. Like you may look at it and you're like, okay, well, they have everything I need right now, but what about a year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years down the line? Are they still going to have what you need? Yeah. Or is this this pandemic stuff? Right. If you have a degenerative disorder, make sure you're looking down the road because yeah, that doctor may be able to treat you right now, but is he going to be the best doctor when your disease takes a turn for the worse? Is he going to know enough? Is that hospital going to know enough? Are they going to be able to perform, you know, X, Y, and Z surgeries that you need? And do it well. Is there going to be a specialist that's going to be available to perform the surgery that you need? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying like, it's great to look up these best and worst lists and they're kind of fun to look at. Like, would I want to live in Bismarck, North Dakota? which by the way, North Dakota is beautiful. Um, I'd love to go there. I keep hearing it's so pretty. 
Oh my gosh. It's so pretty. I want to visit. Like, I also want to visit one day Austin, Texas in like the winter. Cause it's supposed to be like gorgeous and San Antonio from what I hear, I haven't had a chance to visit, but I would definitely love to see Austin one day, but you know, like now, like I can't go now it's so hot, you know, but I would love to see it. Wait, I'd like to go to New Hampshire and Maine. To to I'd Maine. love to hit the East coast. I want to go to Maine and buy a camp and have the main cabin masters redo it for me. And then I, <laughs> but I just want them to build me a camp. That's um, cute. I might be a little too obsessed with DIY and HGTV, <laughs> but you know, it, yeah, I think, I think again, take these lists with a grain of salt. You have to find what's going to work for you. You, you need to do your research. You need to look into, into, into these places. You need to, find economically what's going to work for you. You need to find what quality of life is going to work for you. You need to find the health care that's going to work for you. Um, you need to find the social life that's going to work for you. Yeah. All the places do the research. Like I like having access to a big city. It's important to me for many reasons. You know, I'm like 50 minutes outside Chicago. I'd like to be closer. Um, but I mean, that's important for me. I have to have large research centers. I live by some of the top hospitals in the country. And I, I will never give that up. That I, Whenever I move somewhere, they would have to have the top hospitals too. Um, but those are important things. And Nicole, and, and, I'm, and I'm similar. I need to live in a suburb. I don't like living in a city city, mm -hmm. but I need to be near a big city and yes. I need to be near water. Yeah. There's something for me that I need to be near enough to water. That's the problem I had with living in Phoenix. I wasn't close enough to the water. I felt I'm very not either. I felt very landlocked. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Like I was way too far from a big body of water. Like Lake Michigan is the size of it, when, when you go down there, it looks like an ocean, right? It does. It does. It's, it's, that's why it's a great lake. Oh yeah. Um, so it's a big enough body of water. And when I moved to Arizona, they're just like, when they talk about lakes, like you can see the other side of the lake. That's not a lake. That's a pond. <laughs> 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 Nothing against Arizona, but those are ponds. And I need something where I can't see the other side of it. Me too. I need, like something big. And, and deep and like real that has so real beautiful. waves and real big boats on it and harbors and yes so I that's part also part of why I live in California now I used to live two miles from the beach and now I live you know 35 minutes from a beach but I still live close enough that I know I'm near the water. Like yeah. it's, I don't feel landlocked anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, I mean, I'd like to live in a suburb, but right outside Chicago where like, I just have a 20 minute jump on the expressway because I love the lakefront so much, Yeah, you know, but being I'm, out I'm where I am, hospitals. I can't see it. Yeah, exactly. I'm really close to good hospitals. I'm really close to good doctors. Yes, That's you are. so important to me. Um, you know, I also have, you know, an older parent that lives with me. I know I can get him amazing care if yeah. he needs it. You know, that's also part of why I live out he out here too is that having an elderly parent in winter weather in where he can't like it's hard for him to get around in those colder times 
like I don't want him driving in the snow. No. I don't, I don't want him walking around in winter, like on ice. On my ice where he could fall. Yeah. My grandmother fell so many times. Yeah. On the ice. And it doesn't rain much here either. So there's no chance of him really, like there's minimal chance of him slipping in the rain. Right. Um, That's why I want to live in California. My mom needs it. But just you know, rub it but in. I pay for it, you guys. I pay for it and I have to sacrifice a lot to live here. So you guys, it's again, you have to know what you can do, what you can afford. I it's it's hard and you you have to make your lists. I'm a firm believer in lists. I'm a firm believer in pro cons. There are times you're gonna have to sacrifice one thing for another, which is sad to say. Um, there are things I've had to sacrifice to live in California mm-hmm. there, you know, I, but I think, I think you just have to look at those big picture items, but through your lens. Absolutely. Don't let some list tell you what's best for you. You know, what's best for you. Do your research, find out what is the absolute best place for you that you will be comfortable in, with all these different aspects. Because also like Nicole was talking about, she found the hospitals that were best for lupus, mm-hmm. but they may not be best for your disorder. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, there's some hospitals down South that are great for like cancers and different things. I'm talking specifically for me, like with lupus, I've done my research. So I know where the best hospitals in different States right. are. And for me, that's important. And I always encourage people, you know, make sure you, um, when you're in your support groups, a lot of the times you will find people living in these cities, ask them, what are your experiences with these hospitals or doctors or what are concerns yeah. you have? It's a great, great, great opportunity. Exactly. Because even though it might be a great hospital, it may not be a great doctor for you. That's right. Because also, it, it, and we've talked about this before, you have to have, be able to have a connection with your doctor. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to like have a conversation with your doctor. Yes. Because, uh, you know, otherwise you're not going to get treatment the way no. you need it. No. Looking at all, looking at that, you know, like I, when I went from Santa Monica up here to the north of the valley, I had to change doctors and that was really hard because just believe me when I tell you, you don't want to drive that far every time you have to see a doctor every time for some, yes, for others. No, there are some doctors I kept back down in Santa Monica because they're just too good, but not every, like Mm -mm. not every doctor, like my dentist, I'm sorry. They were good. I found a dentist that was closer. Yeah. That's okay. But like for certain specialists, I kept them down in Santa Monica. They were just too good. And they just knew me too well. You when know? you have really good care for a certain specific condition that takes yeah. over a good part of your life, you, you really need to, you know, my, my lupus specialist, my, the one who diagnosed me also had lupus. And I remember when she had to retire um, younger. She's, she was not old at all. And her lupus got bad. So she had a um, step back and I got a new doctor. And even though she recommended her, one of her partners, I was so terrified. I had so much anxiety and panic, you know, so changing doctors isn't easy when you have a condition that could potentially kill you. It's right. very scary. This person is really making some decisions that are going to impact your life. And, and for me, it's, I was just moving to another part of Los Angeles. Like when you're moving to a whole new state and whole new area, cause like yeah. I had the luxury of saying, you know what, this doctor isn't working out. I'll make the 45 minute drive. When you move to a whole new state, you don't always have that luxury. You don't have the luxury of like going back to your old doctor. No. So it's, 
it's really important to do your research on, on the medical side of things of if you're going to be able to get decent treatment. And also to know that you're going to be able to get in with those doctors because some of them aren't taking new patients. So that's really important too, because you need treatment. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to be treated. You need to make sure also that you're finding doctors that believe you have the disease you have, because one of the things I find in a lot of my groups is that they'll move somewhere and go to a new and, and have a nightmare time finding a new doctor that actually believes them. Yeah. Or follows their treatment plan. Most definitely. Because they'll be like, oh, I no, no, EDS is like a made up disease or that pain is just in your head. Mm-hmm. I'm taking you off all your medications. Well, you can believe me when that I'm firing that doctor. Oh, in a heartbeat. And calling my old doctor and being like, can you give me some of my medications until I can find a doctor that believes me? And a doctor will do that. And you can also, like I asked my doctor a couple of times, if I move, if I wanted to move West, do you have associates, uh, colleagues out in California, Colorado, all these places that you could refer me to? And he said, absolutely. So that's the first thing I ask. Again, you guys just... Take these lists, grain of salt. Yeah. I keep saying it. Grain of salt, grain of salt. Grain of salt. salt. Um, but if you are planning to move, if if you're getting that itch where you're like, I, I need to get out of this city because of X, Y, and Z, I need to go somewhere else. I want to go somewhere that you know can that's known for being good with chronic illness. It's it's really good to start with these lists. I think these lists, from what I look at, I think these lists are pretty accurate as far as being good cities for people with chronic illnesses. I will say that. That's great. Um, I think they do consider, and and I'll put a link to the list that, you know, we're looking at. So you guys know, because I do think that they're good. I just think you have to find the right city for you and your particular chronic illness, because I don't think like them saying the number one city is this means, oh, well, that's a city I have to go to. That's right. I don't think it's a one size fits all. No, it doesn't have to be a number one for you. Because I can tell you the number one city on this particular list that I'm looking at is not my number one city. Mm -mm. I think I'd probably pick Portland, to be honest with you, to try something new. I've done a lot of research about Portland, the doctors, the whole, you know, but I mean, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't mind living up that way. I'd love to try the Pacific Northwest. I, I, I think it would be great. Um, but you know, that's just looking at the weather, the doctors, you know, the cost of living now, the cost of living, it can get more expensive there. So that would be an issue for me. So, you know, you're right. But like with all the other things aside from the cost of living for me, that might be, that may be my number one choice where the list may say it's Hawaii. But someone who might suffer from depression wouldn't want to go there. Wouldn't want to go there because it rains all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, I I have a friend who loves Florida. That's like her dream place in the whole world. She goes down there a couple of times a year. She loves it. She, there's no better place for her. And that's great. Now, I mean, I couldn't live there. It wouldn't work for me, but different people have different symptoms. And you guys, that's, that's the whole point is you have to find home where it's home for you. Yeah. And don't let anyone judge that for you. Nope. It's yours. It's, it's where you feel comfortable. Like I get people ask that say that to me all the time. How can you live in California? Or like, how can you live in the Valley? And I'm like, well, I kind of like living in the Valley because I am a suburban girl at heart. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> suburban girl at heart. 
Um, that's number one. Number two, um, I love California. I do. Now, I do mind too. you, Chicago is always home. It will always be home. And I will throw down for anyone who says a negative word against Chicago. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can say all the negative words I want, but Chicago, it's like family. Yeah, I'm from there. I'm upset about Chicago because right. it's, my, it's, it's my family. That's right. If you say something negative, I, I'm going to throw it out. That's okay. right. That's just what it is. But like, I just love living in California. I just do. I love that I can go to the beach or the mountains or the desert and everything is within two hours. Yeah, I won't lie. California is my number one choice. <laughs> it's just financially, I could never survive. Unfortunately. Even, even on disability with a part-time job, I could never survive. They make it hard. Yeah. And I'm, and it makes me sad because, you know, when I visit California, it feels in my spirit, like home, you know, it feels like where I should be. Mm -hmm. I love Chicago. Chicago, like you said, will always be home, but for my next home, it feels like where I'm supposed to be. And, and, and that's just us, you guys. I know other people that they go other places and it, it, they just feel it in their bones that it's home. Like I have friends that live in Chicago and they're never going anywhere because in their bones, that's it. I have people who live in um, Connecticut and that's home. I I know people who live in um, Reno and it's home, Mm -hmm. Las Vegas, it's home. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I have people all over the country and they just know it. They know it in their bones. And then I have people who live, I have friends who live in Texas and they're like, I live here because I work here. And that's it. Like, it's not home. They live there because they work there, but it's never going to be home for them. These are not chronic illness people, by the way, it's it's just friends, but like, and you can tell the difference. There's a difference in the happiness. There's a difference in their inner joy. And so I think for you guys, what would be, I, I, what I wish for all of you is to find somewhere that you get that home feeling and the care you need. Oh, yes. That's the perfect combination. Yeah. I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. And I can speak from experience because I know I'm home, but there are days when, and I, and there are days it's really hard, you guys. Yeah. So again, take a look at these lists. If you're thinking about exploring your new next new adventure, Um, If you live in one of these places, share it on Facebook and be like, this is why it's the best place to live. We'd love to know you guys. Give us some ideas, you know, give us more ideas that are on the list. Yeah. Or if like, you're like, that list is stupid. It ranked us low and we're amazing. Um, Tell us why. We want to know. But it'll help other people, you guys. Exactly. Other people because it helps people like... I haven't lived in all these places. I've actually visited quite, I realize I visited quite a few of these places, but I haven't lived in a lot of these places. So we're speaking just from experience of like visiting or living in some of these places. But if you, you know, if you live somewhere, like you live in Bismarck, North Dakota, and you're like, oh yeah, we are a great place to live because of this. And you want to, you want to show your pride for your city and tell us why it's a great place to live for being someone who's chronically ill. Tell us that. Yeah. We'd love to know. Or if you think your city could improve, say that too, because it's going to help someone who's maybe thinking about living there. Absolutely. You guys share, share it, share it. Please. all about sharing. Yeah. With a chronic illness family. So we, we definitely want you to share. Spoonies unite. That's right. That's right, guys. On that, have a great week. 
and we will talk next week. Have a great week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.